We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Solo Ship Week 9. Uh, we were just catching up on the, the injury news. Uh, it feels like a little bit of an extended like Thanksgiving slate. We only got 10 games <laughs> on, the, on the slate. I think this is the smallest one so far this season, but we got some got some injuries to go over, so it uh, should be an interesting week. Yeah, we have a lot of injuries. We have a lot of uh, a lot of interesting aspects of this slate, and one of the things that I, I've said is, Usually on my Friday Angles podcast, my solo podcast on the site, I kind of break down the macro view of the slate and have a very defined thing of like, here's the main things you need to be paying attention to this week. And my macro view this week was like, I don't have a macro view, which is kind of what this slate is like. And uh, I think that there's like seven or eight different viable ways to go at quarterback. And there's a lot of different viable running backs. So for me, what I'll probably do is pick kind of some core starting points and then mix and match quarterbacks and stacks and other things around that. That way, if I get my starting points right, now I, I'm like trying to get six things right on my roster where everybody else is trying to get nine. Uh, if I get my starting points wrong, then it's not my weekend anyway. So uh, I think that's kind of how I'm approaching this week is like um, treating it like like a week where everything's wide open, basically. Yeah, it, it is, it's pretty wide open. We, it, it feels like the primetime games this this season have been terrible, but – it seems like every week we're all missing like you know, three or four key. I know, right? Um, yeah, I, I guess Jalen Hurts was was last night. Uh, Lamar Jackson is is Monday night. Uh, I think uh, Joe Burrow. I think Cincinnati's Cincinnati's on the right. main, and then and then Mahomes. I think is on um, Sunday night. So yeah, right. yeah, it's Mahomes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, so we're missing some of the key quarterbacks, and then I, I think the real prime quarterback left standing is, is Josh Allen. But they're facing the Jets, and it's a pretty wide spread. Actually, wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if like this is a little bit of a disappointing game for for the Bills and for J- Josh Allen? Not because I, I don't think they're going to win, just because I don't know how much they'll keep the foot on the pedal, um, and and they may want to run the ball. Um, but we'll see. I mean, they they haven't been known to to ease up, but you know, it, it's not an easy what? game to stack. 
Yeah, and even with that, I mean, it's a tough matchup, right? The Bills on like Monday, Tuesday, they were implied for 30 points. And then it dropped to 29.75 and then 29 and a half. And now it's like 28.75. You know, it's it's not the easiest spot on the road against the Jets are not a joke, right? Like they're eighth in pass defense DVOA. They're eighth in run defense DVOA. They're third in the NFL in pressure rate and fifth lowest blitz rate. So they're able to blitz, they're able to get pressure with four guys and keep a lot of guys in coverage. So it's not an easy spot there either. And uh, the Vegas line is kind of been dropping to account for that. And, and so, yeah, I, it's, there's like a lot this week, like right now, currently Aaron Rodgers is the third highest projected own quarterback on a team that plays slow and never wants to pass the ball and playing a Detroit team that you can run against all day. But then it's like, well, these Detroit games always pop off. So why not Aaron Rodgers? It's kind of like how people are approaching it, I think. And so, yeah, I, I really like this slate because I think that it feels so wide open, but then there's also kind of some like core starting points that I like away from quarterbacks. And so I, I'm kind of like, well, if I get these core starting points wrong, that's okay. At least they're high percentage bets. And then now I know that this is like, this is what I'm betting on. And then all the things we don't know, I'll just mix and match around it. I did just finish writing up Aaron Rodgers as my quarterback for, <laughs> for the expert survey and for, uh, you know, for the Rotor Grinders lineup HQ filter. But I, I will say, I mean, I think he's the 12th highest priced quarterback. I think he's on on DraftKings, either FanDuel or DraftKings, he's the 12th highest, I think. Uh, and there's only 20 quarterbacks. So he's he's a value play, and they're facing the worst defense in the in the league, right? By yeah, I mean, and he's going to project well. I think when I, you know, when I was originally looking at that game, I was like, I was thinking nobody wants to play Rodgers, right? So I was like, I'm definitely going to have him on a small percentage of my large field builds because, like, people don't want to play him. And he really, like, even though they want to run the ball, he could throw yards and four touchdowns. Um, and then I looked, it was like 9.2% projected owned. And I was like, well, that's less exciting to me than if he were low owned. Like, I like the, I like the upside there as just like, it's a weird guy to see as one of the higher owned, one of the three highest projected owned quarterbacks. I mean, and obviously Geno Smith has been popular throughout the season, but currently it's like Josh Allen, Geno Smith and Aaron Rodgers. It's just a weird top. Um, and I think that speaks to how wide open quarterback is this week. It is. And it, actually, if you think about it, there's only 20 quarterbacks so the the average like quarterback ownership is going to be five percent like that's yeah, not yeah it's not necessarily that low owned like on a, on a regular slate uh but it on a on a you know on a slate where there's only 20 quarterbacks um you know the the ownership is going to kind of naturally condense around around some people um i do i think it's a good week to game stack i, I kind of like that that green bay detroit game as as a stack because uh, you know, you've got Amon Ross, St. Brown, Aaron Jones, um, and Aaron Rodgers are all a little bit underpriced. And the, the game's probably going to either like go off or, or not go off. But, I mean, it's got a high point total, a close spread. Um, yeah, it's indoors, right? Like Ford's, Ford Field is yeah, yeah. indoors. So, like, you know, as we get later into the into the year, that, that becomes a little bit more important. You know, it's a good environment uh, for, you know, for, a, for scoring, um, which is reflected in the, in the total – that doesn't mean the game's necessarily going to go off, but I, it, it could, and the pieces are underpriced. And I think, you know, this taking these selections would seem a little bit less off the board uh, earlier in the, in the year, right? Like taking Aaron Rodgers and absolutely, you know, yeah. Um, but but yeah, it's there's only ten games, so um, that's that all the games are going to see some ownership, and in any play that has like any kind of uh, viability is going to have some some ownership more than we would expect on say like a thirteen game slate. Yeah. And 
like like we often talk about, you're, you're ideally you're going to be playing some chalk on most of your rosters anyway. Like you identify the good chalk and play it. And I think that this can like a week like this can kind of tie people in knots a little bit because a lot of DFS players are so focused on like avoiding high owned players. And then, like you said, there's only 10 games. So the guys who are actually good plays are going to generally be somewhat high owned this week. It's we're also have another week like last week where, and it's becoming more and more the case that running back is sort of wide open, right? Like Travis Etienne is, is I said in my DFS interpretation this week that if he's not the highest projected owned running back on the slate, then then people are doing this slate wrong. And sure enough, he's the highest projected owned running back. But like Mixon's a, a good play on paper. Obviously, he's looked awful. His offensive line has looked awful. Uh, Eckler has this huge role. But then all of a sudden, we, we're getting deeper in the week. Jonathan Taylor is going to miss another game. We were talking right before the show started. Damian Harris has missed every practice this week with illness. Could be Ramondre Stevenson show again. Uh, we've got... Chuba Hubbard is out. So now Dante Foreman has the lead role to himself. Again, the Kenneth Walker is on this slate. Like, there's just a lot that we can think about. And, and even James Conner was a game time decision, right? So uh, Daryl Williams is out. And so we could have another, you know, Benjamin week. So just a lot of options at, at running back. And like we said, a lot of really a lot of options at, at quarterback as well. Uh, I'm surprised to hear you of all people saying Aaron Rodgers when we've got Justin Fields at 5,300 running quarterback, uh, lower own. What are your thoughts there? Uh, um, oh! <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Uh, and actually at uh, some of the, some of the value pieces, it's interesting. I've been looking in like, Oh, I love this guy. It's a value piece. Actually uh, you brought up the Detroit tight end, I think is in one week season. Um, Mitchell, James Mitchell, James Mitchell. Yeah. Uh, you know, you said like if you if you know who he is, you'll know who he is soon. Um, and I'm like, yeah, it's like yeah, it's, that's brilliant. He's like he's 2500. But then I realized like there's no expensive tight end. Yeah, there's no expensive tight end. Yeah, so it, it, it seems like it's a it's a really good value. Um, like I think Tyler Higby is like 3700. 3700. It's crazy. Yeah. 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 So like I don't know. Like I like the idea of spending as little as possible on tight end. But then I it's like yeah, I don't have to spend up up 1200 to get to get Higby, but it is, it's a kind of a similar thought process where I like fields. I like the running quarterbacks. I like that he's 5,300. Uh, I mean, is the difference between him and Marcus Mariota that, that big, you know, and then like, is the difference that you can go up only a hundred dollars more and you're getting Derek Carr, you know, and then you're go up, you know, just 600 more, you're getting Aaron Rodgers or 500 more, you're getting Geno Smith and there's only 20 quarterbacks. Right. Uh, so there's only, and then, and then Josh Allen is a guy that, it's you know he's 8500 and i'm probably going to be playing a lot less josh, josh allen than i would have yeah. thought five minutes ago <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, like there's a lot of good quarterbacks under six thousand. um yeah yeah tom brady's six thousand. i mean you know, yeah. good but like you never know when they're just going to turn around um yeah i'm probably gonna be playing a lot less josh allen than i would have thought coming into this like or just i, I gotta tell you uh the the bears offense He's he's actually good. Like it's not a it's not a uh, it's not a fluke. I I mean fields. I'm not like all in on fields or something. But um, in talking technically, this is a single entry show. It's become a little bit more uh, JM and Squirrel just kind of chat about the slate, which I think is incredibly valuable for for you, for me, for listeners. But um, 
but yeah, I mean, like single entry, I think Fields is is in play. I'll have him mixed into my large field play, and I'll be considering him for um, small field stuff because he hasn't shown us his full ceiling, and he's put up, you know, twenty four plus a, a couple times this year. But this offense is they've been they've done a lot of things that are basically copying concepts from the early Lamar Jackson Ravens offense. And one of the things that I've talked about a lot is it's really difficult to scheme up run game concepts that open up space because it's just like the, everything's tighter in the run run game. Right. So like Andy Reid's a master of scheming up pass game concepts that just get guys open and open space. Kyle Shanahan, same thing. It's harder to do that in the run game and the bears are doing a, a phenomenal job of that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I do think that the Justin Fields play like, who has a higher ceiling, Justin Fields or Derek Carr? Justin Fields does, you know? And so um, similar to what you talk about with the Lamar Jackson, when he had that long run and you're like, this would be uh, Derek Carr throwing like a 250 yard touchdown pass. Like Fields can be that guy. And, and just because he hasn't shown it yet, doesn't mean that he can't. So I think he does have like 30 plus point potential at 5,300. Um, Mariota, I mean, same thing, less, less of a ceiling, right? Cause he's not going to break off like a 70 yard run, but um but yeah, I think that all, all those guys are interesting. I think Trevor Lawrence is interesting in that game environment against the Raiders. I think that uh, Aaron Rodgers is interesting, although also like I think I'll be underweight just because of how the Packers like to play things. Uh, you brought up Tom Brady, right? Like I've been saying, what if what if what if the Bucks and Rams actually like turn it around this week? You know, <laughs> like nobody's going to be on that game, um, and they could. Oh, my daughter's up in my office. Um, and they could have, you know, like a, a, a big game that um, nobody sees coming. Uh, I'm going to put myself on mute and let my wife know that she's up here. You, you okay. talk. Yeah, no, uh, no worries. Um, my argument against Justin Fields is I don't see like a natural stacking partner. And this is the week after I just like went gaga over Sam Ellinger saying, well, he's so cheap. You don't need a stacking partner. You, you can get the, the rushing yards. Um, it's actually the idea of stacking fields with the Dolphins wide receivers is something I'm interested in now, just looking at it because, you know, the, it, it's tough to fit like Tyreek Hill and, and Jalen Waddle on a team with Tua, you don't have a bunch of money left over, but with fields down to 5,300, like that's probably something that's going to have a correlation. Like if fields is breaking off a long run, that's scoring really well, then, you know, then potentially the Dolphins are passing more. Um, and th- like that's a game that could probably bust, but it could also hit like more than we're expecting. Um, and like those are explosive playmakers. Like we- we've kind of mentioned that before. Like that's what you're looking for. You're looking for explosive playmakers. So when somebody gets a 60 yard play, that's that's ending the- that drive right with points for that player, and then it's immediately giving the ball back to the other team. Like that is actually a that's something that- that's growing on me the more we're talking about it. Cause I, I think that's going to be a pretty unique situation. Like there's not going to be a lot of people stacking. There's like, probably not going to be that many people playing fields at all. I think we've gotten like 3% ownership and you compare them with some of these wide receivers that everybody wants to get, uh, but they're expensive. And then you're suddenly getting in other pieces that other people can't afford on your roster. Yeah. And I think that uh, this is a great conversation because, uh, which by the way, you did a great job uh, holding your thoughts together while, while, you're watching the screen and I'm doing other stuff um, in my podcast with Scott Barrett. Once per podcast, he'll like stand up and walk out of screen while I'm talking. And I'm like, I lose focus and I'm like, what? <laughs> so um, yeah, the, the idea of like pairing fields with Mooney or with Claypool is like mathematically one of the lowest EV ways to play that. But you can pair fields with Tyree Kill. And then you're like basically betting on a game environment where, 
the the big play, like like you said, it turns the the flips the ball back over to the other team right away, and we get this back and forth sort of thing. And I think one of the things I've loved about this show is um, being able to pick up things from you, and then hopefully, you know, I've said things that have helped your play. But like that's the way you've talked about the running quarterbacks. It's like it's obvious, right? We know it, but just some of the things you've said have triggered thoughts where it's like, no, but really though, that is so valuable. Um, and then, you know, like you were saying, the thing about the, the explosive pieces, how we've talked about that, of like players who can score from anywhere in the field are players who create explosive game environments. And so, um, yeah, I mean, and, and really like Fields has had a tough road the last couple of weeks. He played at New England, which every quarterback says is one of the toughest places to play. And then he played at Dallas, which is one of the top three defenses. And he's put up big games in those. And now he's playing. Uh, it's at home and he's against Miami. who's like kind of a middling defense. Obviously they picked up Bradley Chubb, but um, yeah. And, and again, range of outcomes fields could completely bust here, but um, the ceiling is, is way higher than 3% owned would indicate. And he creates these unique roster constructions where like, can, can like all these cheaper quarterbacks, right. Can he outscore all of them? Yeah, he can. And you don't even need a pairing with him and you can pair him with Hill or Waddle. And it's like, it, plays off this game environment. Yeah, it's, it's some fun stuff we can play around with this week. All right, so I've got a, a an analogy, though, or a question. If, if, if Fields and Tyree Kill is appealing, why not go a similar route, similar, similar prices, Marcus Mariota and Austin Eckler? Like, that's oh, another kind of similar stack, right, of, of different teams. Like, people aren't going to be stacking the, the quarterback and necessarily the opposing running back, but like, Eckler is kind of not a running back. Uh, that, I think that game's indoors got like a similar uh, similar total, and Mariota's the same exact price as Field, and probably going to throw the ball about as many times. Yeah, I've, be- I've definitely built some practice rosters this week that are Mariota, Eckler, uh, Mariota, Eckler, Josh Palmer, uh, because th- we were probably missing Keenan Allen. We're definitely missing Mike Williams. I was pretty excited about Donald Parham, who was back from his concussion. And the, the Chargers love Parham. He's kind of a raw tight end, but super athletic. And I was like, man, the, they don't have wide receivers, right? They've got DeAndre Carter and Josh Palmer. They're going to go a bunch of two tight end sets. Nobody's going to see that coming. Palmer's, uh, uh, Parham's going to have a big game. Then Parham picked up a hamstring injury yesterday. Looks like he's going to miss. And so it's like this offense that's usually really spread out and that usually have to spend 7K for their wide receivers. Well, now you get Palmer, who saw 12 targets his last game with Mike Williams on the field. Probably gets 10 plus targets, 5,100 against one of the worst pass defenses in football. And Herbert, because the price tag on Palmer is 5,100, like Palmer can go for 25 points, Eckler can go for 35 points. It doesn't mean that Herbert's going for 35 at a high price tag, right? So you can actually say, like, Herbert could get 24, 25, Palmer could hit, Eckler could hit, Mariota could get 25 at a much cheaper price tag. Uh, I think that's a fun way to play things as well. And so, yeah, I, I mean, I think. I think that the Aaron Rodgers one is sharp. The I want to go back to that one again just because of the way we started here. Like I think that one's sharp as well, but I think that there's so many different sharp ways this week to go at quarterback that I'm like that I'm like, oh yeah, I'll have some of that, but I'm not gonna be I'm not gonna be able to match the field because there's so many other places I want to go at quarterback this week. And like I said, I'm gonna kind of end up like, okay, here's some of my core bets that are on most of my rosters. And then I'll mix and match these quarterback pieces around. But like on my single entry, whether I have one roster or like three or four single entry rosters, I'm much likely to have Fields or Mariota than I am to have Rodgers on, on that type of build. Because when I take everything into account, the upside, the ownership, um, I think those guys are more powerful this week. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, it, it's a weird week. There's not a lot of quarterback wide receiver pairings that I yeah, no. Looking at like the highest projected wide receivers, and these are not guys that I want to play with their quarterback, like Cooper Cup. I, I don't want to play Matthew Stafford. So, and and I, there's a reason for that. Like Cup is getting a bunch of receptions, and that's that's not necessarily helping Matthew Stafford every time he catches a, an eight yard pass. Uh, but it helps Cup a lot. I guess he gets right. the hundred yard bonus. He gets you know. You know, twelve receptions or whatever. Suddenly, that's a that's outpacing some guy that has like six receptions and, and you know and a touchdown and hundred yards. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like, like Stephon Diggs um, and and Josh Allen. I don't. That's super pricey. I don't know if I want to play that against the Jets. Like Justin Jefferson, uh, like and Kirk Cousins. Like that's not like necessarily that appealing to me. But there's like there's a lot of situations with like a running back, like Aaron Jones and Aaron Rodgers. Um, I like, you know, the idea of Eckler and pairing him with Mariota and maybe Gerald Everett. Like, that's a tight end that, like, suddenly Ger- Everett's got to be in play um, because he's, you know, he's, I think we've got him as the second highest raw points projected uh, tight end. Like, yeah, who's who's left standing in, in with the Chargers? Um, and that's going to be a game that I think can, can put up some points. So it's going to be a weird week of where I'm not necessarily stacking quarterbacks with the natural wide receiver. I'm trying to afford some of those more expensive wide receivers by getting value at quarterback, pairing it with somebody else in that game that's not necessarily the, the primary receiver for that quarterback. Yeah. I want to play Tyree Kill. I want to play Devontae Adams, but I'm not like going out of my way to play any of their quarterbacks with them. And so it opens up some really unique ways that we can approach this like like you said we can pair the running backs with them or there's these guys like like Eckler or Palmer who the the their roles and their price points don't match up with their quarterback's price point so Herbert is overpriced not to say that he can't hit but Herbert's overpriced and these guys are underpriced Herbert's missing weapons and still priced where he normally is these guys have a bigger role and are still priced where they normally are in a great matchup and uh, so yeah it, it opens up so many like fun, unique ways to play this slate that I think people who just kind of follow the rules are like, oh, I'm supposed to do this, this, and this. It's a harder slate for them. Whereas to me, um, Hilo in, in one of his write-ups said something about this ugly slate. And I was like, oh, really? Is it an ugly slate? And I had to like zoom out. I'm like, I guess it kind of is. But I I'd like was 60 practice builds in by that point. I had not once processed it as an ugly slate because I was just like, ooh, this is fun. I can do this. This is fun. I can do this. And it's all things that's just 
unique ways to put together this slate that I think uh, a lot of people will be missing. And realistically for me, like I'm going to have like three to five kind of core bets. Like I'm going to, one of my bets is chargers. Like I'll have chargers pieces on all my builds or almost all my builds. And, you know, on my main build or my handful of single entry rosters, I'll have Eckler or Palmer or Everett, or like maybe two of those guys. And so if I'm wrong there, if I'm wrong on a couple of my other core builds, then there's my weekend. But if I'm right on my core builds, like I feel like I've got a great edge because there's all these different ways to mix and match pieces around those core pieces um, that people just kind of won't see or won't understand that it is, you know, people ask, like, they'll be like, well, can I play fields without a stacking partner? Whereas we can just sit here and kind of break it down quickly and be like, oh yeah, that makes sense. And then move forward with it. And I think a lot of people will get hung up on like, does this make sense? Or they play Mariota with chargers pieces and they're like, wait, is this okay to do? Does this make sense? And uh, so, yeah, I, I mean, I just really like this week a lot. I like it. I, I prefer this week to the kind of week where we have one outlier game that's got a really high point total and it just becomes a binary decision. Are you going to stack that game or not? Actually, I like the like idea. A, a course field slate, basically. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a course field. Yeah, it's a great term, term for it. It's, a, it's an NFL course field slate, right? I, I got to make this decision. Am I going to stack Bills, you know, Chiefs or not? Um and I like this kind of game, this kind of game setup more. I like, I like 10 games. It's just easier to go through. Oh, yeah, so much. Yeah. Like 13, 13 games. Uh, but there is actually, I think a mathematical thing. And I say this, like, I've seen this written somewhere. And I think we've, we've had it on Rotor Grinders, the kind of uh, like slate IQ, where the less games there are, the more stacking actually becomes important. So like on a Thanksgiving slate, you actually want to be stacking way more than you would. Like if, on a traditional slate, you might, have you know your quarterback and pair him with one wide receiver at least one you know opponent pass catcher or whatever uh but on like the thanksgiving slate like you want to be pairing your quarterback with, like two receivers and two guys from the you know pass catchers from the other team uh just because games can either you know rise or fall together right like you, you have this correlation between opposing players you don't necessarily see in like like baseball um you know where like in in football right when the the field turns over, right? They give the ball back to the other team in baseball when somebody's doing well and on offense, right? It's helping their their lineup turn over. Yeah, has nothing to do with the other team. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like it's it's giving more opportunities to their to their teammates. Um, but so, yeah, I think I will end up stacking this slate a little bit more than I do, like doing game stacks more than I do on a like a thirteen game slate because I think it's going to be more important. Like some games will just totally bust, and some games might hit and one game hitting on a 10 game slate is more important than, you know, than a game hitting on a 13 game slate. Right, right, right. Do you have any games that you've spotted that are like, Oh, here's one that I'll probably be on. It's actually, it's interesting because there's along with there being no outlier game, there's no outlier game in the other direction either. Like there's no offense that I think you can totally write off. Um, I, I, I like almost every single game. Like I, Maybe like Washington, Minnesota is maybe one. I'm not like probably the one I'm least likely to stack. Um, uh, I, 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 I might have Heineke and McLaurin on like my main build. This week. Okay. <laughs> um, well, like Justin Jefferson, like you, you can always play Justin Jefferson. Um, actually, you know what? Like J.D. McKissick is out. I, I just saw that right before we we came on, and that might actually open up like the running backs a little bit. Maybe even into yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because. Um, that's actually that's a, you know a handful of receptions that is probably going to go to one of the other running backs and like they've been using Gibson and Robinson a lot anyway. 
Um, I haven't. I have no idea what Antonio Gibson is priced at. But now, now you're selling like fifty three hundred or something. And and it's it's a weird one because I'm like I'm trying to balance. Like he still only has like a forty percent of the snaps roll, right? Maybe fifty percent of the snaps roll. And then there's all these running backs with like seventy plus percent of the snap rolls this week with the way things have opened up. And then yet people won't play him, and he'll catch some passes. He has big play upside. Yeah, I think he's a very interesting one. And what I like about McLaurin and Heineke is just that. Nobody plays them. This over-under is 43 and a half. So it chases all the optimizers away. It chases all of the projection systems away. But if this game hits, it hits for like a 35 to 31 game. Like that's within the range of outcomes. We've seen a lot of Heineke Washington games that have been games like that. We've seen a lot of Minnesota games that have been games like that. And and people like to play McLaurin. He's 5,900. I think he'll draw some attention. But literally every time that McLaurin has hit, since Heineke became the quarterback, Heineke has also hit. So people never complete that bet. So when McLaurin goes for his 28 to 33 point games, Heineke also goes for like 22 to 27 and he's 5,300, 5,400. So it's like, oh, I can just complete this bet and get two things right where everybody else gets one thing right um, on a spot where nobody's going to have this guy. And so it's like basically like 25% of the time, these two have gone for 5X their combined salary. Um, where DraftKings usually prices guys, so it's like 25% of the time they go for 4X. And I can get two spots right at 5X. Um, so that's one that I'm, I'll definitely have this week, maybe not on my main build, but I've definitely messed around with it. And I love the fact that the game is ugly, that people are like, probably not this game, you know? And I'm like, yeah, but if it hits, like, it's interesting. And that's, that speaks to this slate. Like, you, you sit there and you're like, oh, 10 games, and I probably have interest in all of them, except maybe this one. And I'm like, yep, and I have interest in that one. Like that's what this slate's like is like there's there's everything's wide open, right? It wouldn't surprise us if anything actually ends up being kind of the top spot this week. Yeah, I, I remember a few weeks ago, I think Geno Smith was chalk and it was Heineke's first start. And I, I was saying using Heineke as an example, like Geno Smith might just be like glorified like Taylor Heineke, right? Nobody's gonna play Heineke. And I think mean, maybe I instead of using that as an argument to fade Geno Smith, I should have been using it as an argument to, to play. <laughs> he adds some, adds a little bit of rushing. Um, it's yeah. He's probably going to key on in on McLaurin. Like, whereas like, I think like Curtis Samuel is getting a little bit more with, with Carson Wentz, like a little bit more looks with Carson Wentz. Um, all right. How about Indianapolis, New England, right? That's gotta be a game. You hate, right? There you go. Yeah. 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 And, and even with that, you're like, the Patriots are so hard headed about playing man coverage. They're like, I don't understand it. <laughs> and, and they gave up huge rushing yards to Lamar Jackson. And he talked after the game about them playing a lot of man coverage. And they were like, were you surprised by that? And he was like, no, like that's what we knew they would do. And then Justin Fields got huge rushing yards. So I'm like, well, what if Sam Ellinger goes out? And I'm not going to have any much, if any, Sam Ellinger, but it's still in the back of my mind. I'm like, he could get a bunch of rushing yards in this spot. Um, Ramondre Stevenson, if Damian Harris is out, becomes super interesting. But yeah, that's probably the game out of all the games. It's like, I can mostly cross this one off my list. Actually, I'm mostly crossing Bills and Jets off my list. And I expect the Bills to be one of the highest scoring offenses on the slate, but given the price tags, right? Like Allen, Diggs. And what I was saying with Pete Overzet when we were talking uh, earlier today is like, if Diggs scores 28 points, I'm not going to be surprised. I'm not going to be like, oh my God, how did he do that? Like Diggs can do that against anyone. But if he scores 16, I won't be surprised. And I will be shocked if he scores like 38 or 40 points. If he scores something where I'm like, God, I can't win without him, you know? And I think that Allen's going to put up a, a solid game, maybe even a really good game. I think Diggs, same thing. But can they break me for not playing them? 
No, and there's not a lot of value on the slate. So that's kind of one game where I'm like, okay, probably not this game, probably not Patriots and Colts. And then that still leaves eight games that are pretty wide open. Yeah, I, I will say that Patriots Colts, I might end up having interest in both running backs because if Deion Jackson. Deion Jackson, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's just a really interesting slate. Yeah. Yeah. But with, I guess, yeah, like I said, I, I think I, I'm really interested in game stacks this week. And I, I probably won't be playing a whole lot of Bills without a Garrett Wilson. Like, I think he's the one guy on the Jets that could cause the Bills to keep pushing it. Uh, so, like, I mean, I can see it. Like, if Garrett Wilson gets a long touchdown and that's a possibility, then suddenly at his price tag, he's paying off. And then suddenly that's pushing the Bills a little bit more. But like, I think, yeah, it's an excuse kind of not to play that much of, of like, you know, Josh Allen uh, Diggs stack is because, like, they're so expensive. They would need somebody pushing them to, to pay off their salaries in a way that, uh, say, like a, a you know the Marcus Mariota, Justin Fields teams we're talking about, like they don't need to be pushed to score forty points yeah. to pay off their salaries. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, um, I love. I mean, I love this conversation. I love this conversation every week, but I think this week in particular because it is such a unique slate that I think we're we're both kind of gaining some thoughts here of like okay here's some interesting ways to attack attack this slate this week yeah is anything at defense like it's i think it's going to be one of the most spread out like defense weeks i like it's not something we usually hit on um i, I think we hit on it once when like cincinnati was in the 40 like percent own right right right. i think it's it's gonna to be totally spread out and then, yeah there's no just like there's no offense that is necessarily going to go berserk i don't think there's any team that's going to be totally shut down i think like the the jets and maybe like maybe the Patriots defense might be my favorite one this week, uh, just because like if Sam Ellinger can't get anything going on the road, right? Um, like, yeah, like the yeah. Jets I haven't I haven't spent much time digging into uh, or playing around with the Patriots yet. So on my practice builds throughout the week, a lot of what I'm doing is like trying to get a sense of how everything fits together. And so I'll have like one defense that's sort of plugged in there, just so I can get a sense of where everything is. And so that one defense for me has been the Jets. And again, it's not like, oh, I think the Jets are going to smash, but uh, the Packers put up six points against the Bills. Somebody else put up five points against the Bills. The Rams put up nine points against the Bills. The Dolphins put up nine points against the defense special teams points. Uh, and and the, the Jets are a better defense than every single one of those. They're playing at home, right? And so I, I've seen kind of ownership on like Panthers against the Bengals, but the Panthers have 12 sacks all year. They're playing on the road against the Bengals. Um, Seahawks on the road against Kyler Murray because they're 2,500. And I'm like, well, if you guys are going to spend the extra salary there, I'll just st- stick with the Jets at home. Um, not that I ever want to pick on Josh Allen, but it's just like, this is a top eight defense playing at home at 2K in salary. And then, yeah, you go up and it's like, okay, maybe the Bucks, maybe the Patriots, maybe some of these others. But in the same way that we're like, well, any game is viable, it kind of makes no defense really jump out, I think. And um, it's going to be down to like, either no defense scores a touchdown this week and just getting the defense that scores like six to eight points cheaply is, is all you need. Or it's like finding the random defense that scores a touchdown, which is such a crapshoot that um, yeah, I might not even try to, to hunt too hard for that. It, it's actually interesting. I, I was looking at the wrong owner. You have uh, Carolina defense. I think currently projected like 20% ownership. Um on, on DraftKings, yeah, because they're facing Cincinnati and they're only 2,300. But yeah, it's not an aggressive defense. You never know how that's going to score. And the only defense cheaper than that is the Jets. 
Um, and there's actually a strong argument for playing the Jets defense, right? Because they're going to be like minuscule ownership facing the Bills, and defensive scoring is so random. I mean, you just right, need right. to pick up a fumble right. and, and you know fall into the end zone, or yeah, you know, kickoff return. Punt. I mean, if yeah, if the Bills are are scoring, it's going to be more kickoffs, right? <laughs> for the Jets potentially to, to run one back. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they're going to be three hundred dollars cheaper than the the chalk defense. Um, yeah, like Commanders and, and Panthers are probably going to be the two chalkiest defenses, at least on DraftKings. And yeah, you can pick up an extra. Commanders are playing. I mean, the Commanders are playing a six and one team with Justin Jefferson and Dalvin Cook on the offense. You know, it's like, yeah. um, and they're not a very good defense, and they're missing Chase Young. And um, so, yeah, I mean, I think that the Jets aren't like a great play. They're not some smash play, but neither are these other ones. And and I think that the Jets are actually a little bit better of a play. So if I'm not going up to find a defense to like really try to get some points with, I've had a lot of practice builds where I have the salary to play the Seahawks or the commanders or the, um, or the Panthers. And I'm just been like, you know what? I would actually prefer to stick with the Jets and see if I can spend the salary somewhere else, or even just leave like a, like three or 400 on the table on those rosters. Um, but I do like – I hadn't really thought much about the Patriots because I haven't broken out of that price range yet. I think that's a really sharp one because, again, like I said, teams are always talking about how hard it is to play in New England. And a guy like Ellinger could just – I thought that have like a 2021 Jalen Hurts second half of the season offense, right? Like a lot of RPOs, a lot of uh, called run plays. And he did have like 20 or 30 rushing yards called back via penalty. But still, it's like they they were – he had zero rush attempts in the first half. like uh, like official rush attempts and i'm like if they're gonna keep passing the ball trust this guy to throw the ball against the patriots in new england and that's a spot where we could get some some edge as well yeah I, and i like it a young quarterback going on the road against bill belichick defense um you know if it's not going to see a very very high ownership and you know it's got as good a chance of any defense of, of being the one that, that puts up the high point total what's the what's the price on them for Let's see for uh, DraftKings, forty one hundred. So this third the second. Oh, oh yeah, there we go. We'll, um, we'll, we'll kind of see. Yeah, yeah, I guess they're second. They're forty nine hundred on on FanDuel. So the second most expensive defense on yeah on both sites. But that's probably when I mean, we've got them at less than one percent owned, right? Yeah, yeah. It's gonna be it's gonna be five percent owned. So yeah, and it's uh, you know one of the things I've said before is a lot of times you'll have those weeks where you're like, man, I didn't I didn't even have a great week, and I was. I like was right outside the money or I like I was, I cashed and like I could have, and then you look and your defense had like 25 points and you're like, well, if I change this to a defense to score five points, my weekend looks totally different. Right. Like a lot of times those, even those first place finishes, like, it's like, Oh man, I killed it this week. And you're like, well, my defense, the highest variance position got me 26 points. Like, of course I killed it, you know? Um, and so, yeah, there's, I always try to think about that of like, on the one hand, I can be like, well, the jets are going to get me, five to nine points, maybe even like 10 points at 2K in salary and open up everything else. But if some defense scores 26, I'm still buried by not having that defense. And if if they're 1% owned, then that's like you get so much value out of that because it's similar to like when Tyquan Thornton scored 20 points at 3K in salary and, and 0.29% ownership. Like you just jump past everybody with those points. You could do that with the Patriots defense or, or any of these defenses that can actually put up like 20 plus. So um, yeah, I really like that. Like pay up to be contrarian, get one of these good defenses. And if I'm not doing that, then I'm just going to be, I'm going to be down, uh, down at the bottom. Yeah. 
All right. Well, my wife's running the vacuum cleaner, so maybe <laughs> uh, <laughs> time to, to wrap it up. Any any final thoughts on the week? No. Uh, apparently, Evelyn got her first uh, cameo on a on a podcast, so good for her. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, fun as always to hang out. I think this is a super productive. Hopefully, you guys watching this and listening to this enjoy it. But um, even if you don't, it's super productive and valuable for me. So uh, love hanging out with you every week. Excited to be back next week. Yeah, yeah, it should be a good week. Uh, good luck to everybody. And yeah, you know, leave some comments on the show. Uh, let us know anything you'd like, any questions, anything you'd like us to, to answer. And uh, have a good week. Good luck, everybody.